Hello, my friends. You are listening to Grit and Grace. My name is Taverly, and I am your host. I'm here to share my entrepreneurial journey with you, and we'll be bringing on some amazing women who've been helping me, mentoring me, and inspiring me on how Grit and Grace helps them crush it in business, relationships, fitness, family, friends, and all that good stuff. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and I am so excited today. Today is one of the times in my life in doing this podcast that I really just feel like I am the most fortunate person in the world because I get to meet with and talk to and bring into my sphere some of the most amazing women. And today I have this thought-provoking leader with me. Her name is Christy Bells, and it is, it is going to be an amazing, an amazing show. So stay tuned with us today because I know that you're going to learn something and you're going to feel the incredible energy and, and information that, that Christy has to share with us. So Christy Bells, she's a, a coach, a speaker, an author, a facilitator, and she has a bachelor's and a master's degree in social work. Her passion for empowering leaders to achieve the highest levels of business success and personal fulfillment are absolutely amazing. She combines the study of human behavior, behavior, advanced technologies, and intuition to lead people through a personal evolution of themselves. She's a life changer. And I am so excited to have you with me today, Christy. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. So I thought what would be really helpful to start with is sharing with us like your story, like where, where do you come from? How did you get to doing what you're doing now? That's a great question and an interesting journey, right? I, I, uh, if I go way back, I grew up in Kansas City. That's my hometown. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, um, I grew up um, in an interesting family um, and not without our challenges and mm. coming through. Um, Coming through the experiences of my youth really set a foundation for my future. Mm -hmm. And um, just to share a little bit, I have spoken candidly in my TED talk. Actually, um, I shared the story of my dad's suicide attempts mm -hmm. and um, the traumatic effects that those had on my life. Um, I knew at a young age that I loved people and that I really wanted to make a difference. And um, college wasn't something that was prepared for, something that we did. Um, in my family. Um, I was the first to graduate high school in my family. Mm -hmm. And so I just thought you went to work after school, um, after high school. Mm -hmm. And so I did. And I ended up in a really amazing organization called the Sunflower Group in Kansas City. It was a marketing company that was doing about $3 million in sales when I started with them. And I started at a very entry-level position. And in a short amount of time, I was in sales and eight years later we've gone from three million to over 40 million dollars in sales mm. and i was a director of sales traveling all over the country working with major organizations and um i was miserable mm. i absolutely thought i attained everything i could possibly ever want monetarily success wise and i didn't and i decided to quit my job <laughs> and put myself through college to become a social worker so and who was, who was this? Like, what kind of timeline was this for you? Um, I was 28 at the time, and it was in the late 80s. So interesting. And I can, you know, you come from, you know, a part of the United States, which there's lots of them in every state that, you know, sort of that 
it sounds like that small town kind of upbringing where, you know, the, the greatest goals for people really is to just get through high school and either get married and have kids or get a job. And I come from a similar upbringing. And, and so I totally can relate to that. Where are you from? I'm from Lyons. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Small town. It's, it's, it's where, you know, you can, you can feel that striving to achieve something way different than anybody in your family has done before makes you a bit of an oddity. Yeah, you don't fit in really. <laughs> going on in the consciousness, for sure. Right. Okay, so you went back to school and focused on social work because you had the love of, of humans. Yeah, yeah. And I do think, I shared this with you when we talked prior, that I think I had a spiritual awakening. I think at 26, I realized that there was something more going on in life. And because of the early experiences of my childhood, I had done a lot of, of work. Um, I was attending a church and there were things in it that just made sense to me. And I really got the whole piece about service. Mm. Uh, and I really felt like my, my innate intuitive self knew that my life was about serving and making a difference for people and combined with my love of people, you know, the journey then changed courses and I pursued my education in social work. Um, got my BSW at, at the University of Kansas, go Jayhawks, and then um, <laughs> had interesting life experiences. I had a, um, a time in my life where I had to go back to work in sales, um, and so I went into broadcast sales for a period of time, and then um, ended up falling in love with my now husband, Burge, and we lived here in Colorado. I moved in about 21 years ago to Colorado from Kansas City, and... Um, we got pregnant a few years later. I married, obviously pregnant, and I decided at six months pregnant that I had to go get my graduate degree because if I didn't, then I would never do it. Right. So yeah, I started graduate school six months pregnant, new house, new husband. That tells you a little bit about my insane. Wow! Like throw it all, throw it all in the flame at the same time, right? Greater <laughs> grace, right? <laughs> right. I'm sure a healthy, crazy. Yeah, a, a healthy dose of both for sure. <laughs> yeah. So just to continue the journey, I uh, flippantly said to one of my college professors, uh, Dr. Jean East, who I adore, you'll get to meet and um, would love to introduce you, um, flippantly in a class one day that I should come and run a program for her at her nonprofit. And mm. literally eight years later, I was the director of that nonprofit. And we worked with women with low incomes that were transitioning from welfare to work. Mm. And we, it was a really unique opportunity for me because it brought, brought to the forefront of a lot of the issues that I faced as a child, mm. just the uncertainty and sometimes some you know, lack of self-esteem and sometimes the resources weren't there and those types of things. And working with those women was such a game changer for me because you know, I feel like I get in every position that I serve, there's some, there's a reciprocal process for me. I just allow that to happen. And those women allowed me to heal so much of my own self. Um, That's amazing. You know, I, I believe that 100%, you know, you know, a little bit about my background that I've spent, you know, 14 years with a variety of charities and nonprofits. And I have always said, it's not work. It's I, I, 
personally get so much from yeah. the people and the programs you work with and looking at it as a reciprocal learning experience, yeah. you know, that's, that's somewhat unique. Not, not everybody. Well, I would say probably a lot of people in the nonprofit sector, cause nobody gets into it to make a million bucks. That's for sure. <laughs> right. But you, you're getting something from it and, and recognizing that there's a lot to learn from the people that you work with that are, have been in similar situations as you or are definitely less fortunate than where you might be at the time is, is a real humbling experience. I had to tell you my joke because I had a successful sales career and then went into social work. And I always say sales and social work, they're the same, right? You're just meeting people where they are and helping them meet their needs, but sales paid a heck of a lot more. I, I, I used to laugh and it, this is, this is something I said for a long time. I had a, a position for a while in the international trade sector that was working with automotives. Okay. That was not charitable. It was, it was um, commerce driven. And I say that that filled up my bank account. And then I had another position always local in the community that filled up my joy bucket, and, yeah. you know, cause there are definitely two different, two different buckets to fill. Absolutely. Absolutely. So once you spent eight years there, then what happened? So I had an experience, which is typical, I think. Um, I had a situation that came up that was a trigger for me. And what happened was I had a, a client in our office come in late in the day. Um, she was suicidal and she needed hospitalization. And I um, was on my way to take her to the hospital, um, thinking I was the only one that could do that. In those days, I still had some boundaries that I needed to look through, but I was on my way trying to reach my husband and could not get a hold of him to pick up my son, who was six at the time. Mm. And I had an anxiety attack. I mean, I just, at that moment, realized that I could not keep burning it at both ends, be a good mom, maintain my sense of myself and my equanimity. And so I had to leave the nonprofit. Thought I was gonna be able to come home, be a stay-at-home mom. I'm privileged, my husband's a successful business um, entrepreneur and, I, I say the universe had a different plan. Yeah. So people kept knocking on my door and wanted me to work with them. And I'm an avid learner ever since my whole life. I've loved to read in my early, early twenties. Um, I was given a book called the tendencies of greatness by Dennis Waitley and it changed my life. And I really realized that, um, there was more to it. And I've just been an avid seeker of personal, spiritual, um, emotional growth all of my life. Hey, if you're enjoying this conversation, you really want to become a premium subscriber. First off, it's really cheap, about the same as a cup of coffee for the entire month of access. Second, it helps us grow, add more podcasters and events for you to be a part of. And third, what a great way to support this sisterhood. You love us, now help us do even more by joining at ladieschitchatclub.com. That's ladieschitchatclub.com and there are no commercial breaks. Let's rejoin this chat now. So because of that, I had a lot of tools in my toolbox, and plus I had my education, my experience. So people would just come in and ask me to work with them. So my practice really started organically, um, gosh, I want to say 12 years ago now, in my home, because people were, people were wanting me, and I think um, what I'll call source um, knew I had gifts to give. And so I've been on that journey, and it's taken lots of different directions, but um, yeah, I, I still love coaching people individually. I love that deep, deep work. Um, I don't call myself a social worker anymore. I call myself a coach um, because I don't, I, I don't like to color inside the lines. I think there's way more going on. 
So I love to be able to use all the tools that I use, whether or not people approve of them or not. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, it sounds like you focus on the individual, which can be so different, right? Because all of us have such different experiences where we started, where we're at now, and really where we want to go or what we're willing to do to get to where we want to go is so different from an individual perspective that coloring outside of the box to me, you know, in, in my you know, 44 years of wise experiences is the only way because there's no cookie cutter solution. Right. And everything that we know to be true up to this point um, really is automated. I mean, there's some great work. Um, another book I love is A Whole New Mind by D, uh, Daniel Pink. And he speaks about the idea that we've really automated the entire left hand side of our brain in the last 100 years. Right. Everything is already done for us. We've basically recreated that side of the brain in the computers and technologies. And what is needed going forward is really this more creative space, right? the, the left side of the brain that brings in more of that feminine energy, the more creative resources, um, more expansiveness. That's really what's gonna take us into this next level. And I think we're in a time of great change because that dynamic is changing, moving right. from the old ways into these new ways. Right. I, I think it is too. I, I feel like, and, and maybe it's just, maybe it's just the age that I'm at or, or the, the sphere that I'm operating in with my business, but I, I do feel like there's a shift. Things are, are changing with women in the way that we are viewing ourselves. And I don't just mean what's going on with the Me Too movement or women's empowerment. I don't mean that. I, I mean that there's almost like a step back in women looking at themselves and the value that they bring because it can be a package, right? It can be the package of, yes, you can still be successful in your career, but as a woman, what space do you want to feel on your feminine side? And how do you want that to look? I mean, I spent a good number of my years living in one of those spaces or the other, but right. not merging them. Right, right. And we bring our whole selves. We have to bring our whole selves, right? So we have to bring the doer and the being, right? There's a, a, a woman yesterday, one of our TED speakers, talks about this place. It's not what do you do, it's how do you want to be? I love that question. Not, let's stop asking each other, what do we want to do? Let's start asking each other, how do you want to be and how do we make that happen for each other? I love that. That's, I, I, I feel like we could talk a whole, we could spend a whole podcast just on that topic alone. So, but what you just mentioned, I think we need to talk about, we need to talk about TEDx because not only do you, you know, have this empowerment coaching business, but you also run the Cherry Creek TEDx. Is that right? I don't run it. I co-curate it. I'm co-curate it. Okay. So I, um, Dr. Michelson Janae is our curator. She's had the TEDx Women License for 10 years. Okay. She's the first women license in Colorado. It's mm -hmm. a great backstory, but I, I'm going to ask you to interview her because her stories are unbelievable. I would um, love but to. she is my, uh, I met her in 08. We were in Leadership Denver together um, with the chamber here. And at the end of that time, we kind of went our separate ways. And then she came back into my world about five years ago. Um, I actually coached her and we got her unstuck and got her book launched. And um, I, again, in one of those, I'm kind of smart out sometimes. And I said, you know, what are we going to do together next? And she's like, well, I have a TED license. I'm like, what? <laughs> 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 oh, wow. Okay. I guess we're 
going to do a TED talk. <laughs> yeah, amazing. The license of your talk. I'm like, nope, I'm not talking. Not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but you help bring the speakers and the women in and get them prepared for their TED. Yeah. Talks. So the last three years, I spoke three years ago. Last year, Daphne asked me to co-host with her. So I um, I worked with her with a lot of the speakers and I co-hosted the event. And then this year. She asked me to partner to come in and to work with her and her husband, Michael, who's our producer, amazing. Um, we were able to go to New York to a TED event in Brooklyn in April. And by doing the training that we did there, we were able to expand our license. So there's two licenses. You, have, you either have um, less than 100 or over 100. It's mm -hmm. pretty simple. We had less than 100 license under the name TEDx Chair at Crestman Park. And then by doing this training, the three of us went, we were able to increase our license, put an unlimited license, mm. and we rebranded to TEDx Cherry Creek, which is a more recognizable name. And uh, so we rebranded this year. We are hosting probably close to 400 people at our event this year, which is crazy because we've only had 100. Yeah. That's exciting. And I, and I, I, I'm going to be there. Um, Shannon and I are going to be there and the event is on November 30th. So really quickly, if anybody wants to find out about this year's talk, you can find TEDx Cherry Creek on Facebook, or you can, you know, reach me, message me, comment on this, on this podcast, however, which way you need to get a hold of us. If you're interested in this event, let us know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to be fun. My active service. A couple of years ago, I decided that I would really align with my values because I'm a busy girl and you know um and I really got that I it was actually after the TED talk last year that I've always been about the empowerment of the feminine voice that through my social work career through my own life learning that it's just been so important for me to hold the value of supporting women and bringing the voice um telling the story to activate to uh, Daphne's Daphne's work in bringing the TED is such such a cool thing because she does it from a place of wanting women who wouldn't otherwise have a chance to stand on the stage mm. like that. Um, so that it, it's just a hard, a hard job for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that, but that's why my heart feels connected to you because I, I feel the same way. I mean, this is, this is what we're doing here on grit and grace is exactly that. Yeah. And, and I, I feel that. And you know, I don't know if I would have been able to say it as eloquently as you just did, <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm still finding my voice. I'm still figuring out how the best way I can use my experiences and all the things that I've learned to empower others. And I, I think that that's why I feel such a strong connection to you because it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing feeling to know that you have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. So tell us more about um, like the specific methods of your coaching. And I, I know a little bit about, you know, the leadership circle and the leadership system. And of course, I'm really drawn to the heart math. And I'm, I'm hoping you can tell us a little bit more about what it looks like. I mean, say an average woman comes to you and says, listen, here are my challenges. Here's how I want to be, or here's how I want to feel. That probably doesn't start that way. It's probably, here's what I want to do. Um, Walk me through how that works. Yeah, well, actually it does start with desire. So mm -hmm. I'm a big believer um, that our future is predicated on the desire of our hearts. Mm -hmm. um, I have been taught by teachers in the past that are, if you look at quantum physics, we know that time is measured the same, past, present, and future. It's the same measurement. So we are very conditioned to believe that our, we can remember our past, but we aren't conditioned to know that we can remember our future. And I, I'm gonna use a biblical quote here, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Like, why would we not have 
some mechanism to remember what it is that we are going towards. If we, and I say that through the desire of your heart. In my work, so I integrate several different pieces of work. I have my own models. Um, I have a tree metaphor that I use. Um, I use heart math. I use something called a wave maker. Wave maker? A wave maker. So a wave maker uses wave frequency. It's a plus one minus um, frequency that picks up the electromagnetic energy of in and around the body. So it's a it's a fascinating machine. I took up two of them. I've had them for a long time. And they you can do any of the work that I do without them, but I like to say it's like doing the work on steroids because it really just helps it helps neutralize the field when we're working, particularly we're working in trauma or different places. Um, we just can get there e more easily. Mm. Um, uh, there's one other technology in my mix, and I'm not thinking of it right now. We'll come back to that. Um, so I'm certified in something called the Leadership Circle. Let me tie this together for you. So when I had my trigger after leaving at, at Project Wise and decided to leave, um, I had another round of personal work that I needed to do. And I was introduced to a body of work that was a game changer for me. Um, and it was about looking at the energetic patterning of trauma. So we, I had never been conditioned, or I'd never learned in all of my education and all of my schooling that there's an energetic component. But if you think about this, right, we are all energy. That's it. <laughs> That's all we are is just the vibration of energy. And why would not our emotional experiences, our unresolved experiences of the past, store in our bodies energetically? And as I started to pursue that line of work, I would, it was the game changer for me around my own personal development, my own spiritual development, and my own healing. And so I integrated that body of work into my coaching and my, my counseling back then. And then... And it was kind of on the woo-woo side, I have to say it, you know. Um, a little, a little woo-woo, a, a little woo-woo, right? Yeah, which is okay, yeah. yeah. Well, it is, and I, I think I said this to you on our telephone conversation as well. You know, I used to feel really like, like self-conscious about talking about the stuff that I do because it's, it does color outside the normal lines, you know, yeah. but I don't feel that way anymore. I think I've just finally realized that what works, works, and I've seen it over and over and over and over again in my practice. And so whether woo-woo or not, <laughs> yeah. it is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. So then I had this experience where a girlfriend called me from my high school and she was in the C-suite at Vanity Fair. And she said, oh my gosh, my team just did this body of work and you have to, you have to look at it. I said, why don't do organizational development? Why would I want to look at a 360 tool? That's basically, and um, she's also the one that asked me to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And I'm like, why would I climb Mount Kilimanjaro? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she's, she's a good friend that, that might, might help you push, pack, push past some boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> that always makes me laugh. I'm like, Mount Kilimanjaro, are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, the leadership circle, are you kidding me? What? But... The, the training for that tool was the very next week. It was in Denver and it was so synchronistic. I was like, oh, and the day, my days were available, which is also unheard of to have three days to go to a training. Right. So I went to the leadership circle training and I was sitting there. And on the third day, I looked down and I realized that that 
body of work, an organizational tool, actually overlaid everything that I knew from the social emotional development, from the energetic patterning work that I'd been doing, and it overlaid it and had all the statistical validity that I needed to quantify myself or qualify it in my awareness. And all of a sudden, I, I started lensing through it. So it was incredible to see the layers of amazing yeah so there's four layers social emotional the energetic patterning then we have the the bio the the soul map right and then we have more of the spiritual context so right right interesting and i just want to add for our, our listeners um this is totally off topic. So I'm just going to pause you for a minute. We do a lot of our, our recording um, through the internet. So sometimes we get a little garbly um, and blurry in the lines. And please, I, I want you guys to just stick with us. I don't want to do any cutting or editing. So we're just going to keep it raw. So if we, if you hear any little bit of background noise or a ding of our computer or a dog scratch on a door, don't worry about it. We're just going to keep going and keep it raw. Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay. So keep going back. So, so tell me again, those four layers of that, of, of that, that you were discussing. So if you look at human developments, um, well, I won't, I won't get another theory with you. Sometimes I go down a different, um, so we have our social emotional conditioning. So we have all that we were taught when we were kids, mm. right? Everything, our, our family's values, our ideals, all the things mommy and daddy told us to do or not do. Right, all of that is all that social emotional conditioning that lays in very young. Right. Okay. And then the next level is this place of energetic patterning. So we actually lay in an energetic patterning. And there's two, two of those. One is we have unresolved emotional experiences from our past. And then a lot of us live in the anxiety of projecting into the future. So we're not staying present in the now. Mm. So that is energy that I work with in mindfulness in my practice. By the way, do you know Time magazine this month? The entire Time Magazine is devoted to mindfulness. I thought that was so timely for our interview. Really? Oh my gosh, it is so good. You have to get it. I mean, has that ever happened before? No, no. I I was like, chill moment again. Yeah, this this is this is like this is the shift you and I are talking about. This is yeah. where like this shift towards more mindful mindfulness and energetic sources that we create ourselves. Yeah. Um, it's just becoming more more prevalent. I am gonna go buy Time magazine. Go today. buy Time magazine. It's that's so incredible. Good. Yeah, it was so good. Um, okay, so that's the energetic patterning. So what happens in the energetic and the um, social emotional is is that we actually. It's, we, it stores in our body. So we have a soma, which is carrying all of these patterns and all these energetic patterns. So in the mindfulness work I do in my practice, I teach people how to go into their bodies and find those unresolved emotions or their anxieties and, and we resolve them. And we can use technology to help do that, right? Mm. And then there's, there's behavior. So then there's also this place of um, a behavior. So in my leadership circle work, in my leadership work, there's just called reactive. So if you're coming from a triggered place of unresolved emotional experiences from childhood that you have not dealt with energetically, well, social, emotionally, energetically, or in the soma, mm -hmm. you are in reactive. And so you get triggered, guess what you're going to do? Be three again. <laughs> you're going to throw a fit, right? Right. One of my teachers says we walk around, most of us walk around like emotional um, three-year-olds because mm -hmm. we never pattern ourselves out of that. 
Don't you just feel smarter when you're listening to this? I know I do. The free stuff on this site is really, really good. But you'll also love the stuff that comes with your premium membership. Just $4.99 a month because we want it to be accessible to everyone. And let's face it, we spend way more than that on a coffee. And it hardly helps you have a fabulous life like we do. Join today at ladieschitchatclub.com. That's ladieschitchatclub.com. We're going to make your life better. So we really appreciate the help. Oh, and there are no commercial breaks. Let's get back to what we were doing now. Then we go into this next level. We have the possibility now, and I think this is the possibility now, that we can move more into this place of creative. And creative is really about stepping more fully into the we, right? It's more that more unified field. It's the what I would call the divine feminine more. It's the um, ability to collaborate. It's about being your authentic self. It's about being aligned with your values. It's about being on target with your passions, you know, mm-hmm. not staying in a job because you have to have the paycheck, but following your mm-hmm. heart, your desire to what it is that you want next. That brings us into alignment with who we truly are, which takes us more into alignment with who we are meant to be, which takes us more in alignment with source. Wow. That is a lot. <laughs> that is like a, that's the transformation process that we, that I talked about where you transform lives, because I know that that must take time and energy and resources to get a person through that. That's just not like a one shot, you know, meeting or, or, or session. And that happens. I'm sure that takes significant amount of time to get there. And, you know, my, one of the questions that comes out of that for me, well, two of them, the first one is how do you handle all of that change that you're you're physically and emotionally sitting through because if you're working with a person and they're going through this and you're witnessing it you must feel some of that yourself or or must feel a lot of that yourself how do you handle that um quite frankly i don't do the work you know i'm just a portal i'm just a place Mm -hmm. that i i trust my intuition i know that i'm guided i know that i'm sourced Right, so very rarely in my life have I ever carried a client with me. Mm-hmm. On a few occasions, I've walked out with a client with me and I've had to do my own personal work to clear that. Mm-hmm. The other thing I have to say about that is, um, it's kind of crude to say, but I'm gonna say it because it's what I say all the time. I'm about a hair of my butt ahead of my clients. You know, I do the work every day to keep my energy as clean as possible, to try to keep myself, um, as humanly possible in my integrity, you know, I, I really do do the work. And when I'm out of integrity or out of alignment with myself, I try to bring myself back in. Um, I constantly, you know, I just spent four days in Sedona just doing some deep personal work to be able to keep my portal and my channel open so that I can be a resource for others. I think that's the, that's the untalked about part of this transformation for a lot of people is that it, it doesn't stop. The work doesn't end ever, especially if you are working in a space where you are utilizing your own skills to help others, not just to help yourself, but to help others. You know, you have to, you have to, you have to keep yourself in a very healthy state. And I, I really like that you focus so much time on that. I think that there's a lot of us that can learn from it. Um, and, And then the second question that comes from this, and this is, this is kind of, a little personal for me as well, because I have, I've been going through a lot of that work myself and I'm at, you know, different stages and I'm I'm at different growth areas. And I feel like, you know, there is a big shift that happens when you start getting to a healthy place where things start to align, but doing that can mean your life has like literally shifted 
upside down. Everything looks and feels totally different than it did before you started this process. And like, what then? How, like, what, how do you handle that change in yourself? Because then that means everything around you either needs to change because there's no way you can bring everybody up to where you're at. It's not right. What, how, what, what then? Right. Well, good question. You know, the old line, ignorance is bliss. (laughs) There's a reason why that line has been so um, communicated throughout time, because I think, as you're saying, once you start to wake up and you start to get, there's more and that the path that you're going down isn't exactly the path that you're supposed to be on, that there's a different plan. It does reorder your life. It reorders your relationships. It reorders your body. When I first started doing the energetic work, I would go to my chiropractor and she's like, what are you doing? Like your body is totally different because I was re reorganizing my entire DNA around the new possibilities. And when I talked about remembering the future, right, that I think my, uh, always so in my jokes here, uh, you know, I always say God gives us about 40 to 50 years to figure it out. And if we don't get it, like there is a plan and a purpose for every single life. Every seed is innately encoded divinely purposed and is aligned with where it's supposed to go, just like a tree seed. And when we aren't in alignment with who we are supposed to be, and we don't get it by the time we're 40 or 50, this is usually called a midlife crisis, right? We start getting these cosmic two by fours and we're called to wake up. Mm-hmm. And it might be through a health challenge, it might be through a divorce, it might be through whatever. Um, so the reordering happens whether you choose it or you don't choose it. Yeah. Those of us on a conscious path, when we've chosen to reorder our lives, even though everything gets turned upside down, hopefully there's some grace in that, yeah. right? Hopefully there's some grace in it. Yeah. And you have to trust the mystery. You have to trust that what's unfolding is always perfect. Always right. perfect. And, and, and understand your feelings and your intuition that's taking you through that process as the order is changing is okay. You know, it's, it's, it's okay. I, I find that I've sort of talked a little bit in previous podcasts about the things that I've learned since starting my own company. And, and, and maybe this has felt because maybe for me, it's because I've, I've started my own company that I've put all of this in that basket, but it might also just be because I'm reordering. I've been reordering myself as I've been aligning. And, you know, a lot of my relationships have changed and, you know, circles and tribes that I fit really well in, I, I don't necessarily fit as well in now. And, and, and sometimes it's just because they don't understand the business journey that I'm on. But I also know that I've changed. And I even have, you know, my 20 year old son last summer. And then again, recently, because he's home now for fall break, we've had such different conversations than we've ever had. And he makes comments all the time that mom, you're different. You, you, I, I can't, I could have never imagined having this conversation with you before. And I see that that reordering has been taking place and it can be a little, it can be a little scary and it can be a little isolating. And I I think that having somebody help you like yourself, help people through this process Mm -hmm. when that happens can be a huge benefit. Yeah. There's so much in there that you just said. I am, I'm developing a curriculum, a 15 week curriculum right now that talks, that I use my tree and the root causes of um, these problems. And one I just worked on and I presented last week on is resisting change. Mm. And we really, I mean, the whole illusion that we're in charge, like we're in control is a joke. Mm -hmm. And people get so attached to that and they get so reactive on this when things change, even if it's good, 
I mean, Brene yeah. Brown teaches that foreboding joy is just as bad. It's just, it's, it's, um, what, what do I want? Um, she calls it foreboding joy. So if you're looking at a balance and you have a balance wheel, right? Most people think that when you're doing your consciousness work, your personal growth work, your therapy, whatever it is, you call that, right? That is always focused on the bad. You're always trying to clear the bad stuff out. But the reality is, is that everything exists at the same time. So, and the continuum, right? The joy, some people are devastatingly afraid of the joy. And the foreboding joy part is that we, we cut down the joy before we even get to it. Like looking at our newborn baby and then we're like, oh my God, we have some, Brene teaches that, you know, yeah. my beautiful child. Oh my God, what if they die when they're 10? Or, yeah. We totally cut that short too. I think that's, I think that's very true. And I, in fact, when you say that, I'm thinking of all those things in my mind that are, that's exactly, that happens a lot. And even if you back to the sort of entrepreneurial part for me, it's the joy of, of understanding that what I'm doing is successful. I, I have different products and services that I'm launching and my fear isn't that it's not going to work. My fear is actually, well, well, then what? Oh my gosh. What if I, you know, what if this new, you know, digital product I'm launching, you know, I'm, I'm happy with a certain number of people to participate. And somebody just asked me a few weeks ago, well, what if 300 people register? And I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I haven't planned for that. And I, yeah, that fear was prevalent and it wasn't fear of it not working. That's the funny thing. <laughs> right. One other thing I want to add to that question is, is that another conditioning is that we, um, we believe it's, that it's lonely at the top. We have that belief system. So the more we, in spiral dynamics, right, we look at human consciousness and human development, it does get a little more isolating at the top. But it's not because that's a bad thing. You know, one of the things I'm learning and part of what I took away from this last journey I went on is, is that, you know, I, I need to create that sacred space for myself. And sometimes that happens with attrition, you know, with friends. I have a lot of people that I would love to spend time with or would love to spend time with me, but I only have so many hours in the day and I have to, I have to recharge my own battery. So I just want you to, to be aware that sometimes when that change happens and it does feel like things are shifting or things are falling apart, it's really that that's by divine purpose. We have to, we have, this is so important to be in, in our own knowing, in our own um, care of ourselves, yeah. right? We can't be all, we're, we were taught we're supposed to be Wonder Women. We can't be all of that and be the gift that we're meant to be. This is why I was so excited to have you on today, honestly, because I, I, you, you are speaking to, I'm sure, so many people that can relate to this, but for me specifically, I I actually just had a conversation with a friend a couple of days ago about this topic and I explained because there was an event coming that I wasn't planning to attend and she asked me why. And I said, because you know what? I only have one chunk of half of one day for, to do nothing, like literally to do nothing. That's all I have in a whole week. That's all I've scheduled. And that's not going to work. That's, that's not going to work. And I, you know, I, I had to purposefully find some time to take time off and right. doing it without guilt because I know what my to-do list looks like. I know what I have to get done. I, but I also know that if I don't, if I don't do it, I mean, this is a, this specifically this week, I have felt that way. If I don't take the time to, to 
have personal growth and, and just, just be with me for a little while, I'm going to be worthless on the rest of my work. And that reminds me of, that's like the permission to pause blog that you wrote about last year. And um, that is going to be my word. Honestly, you and I are going to talk before November 30th. I know it. But if I see you at that event, and we haven't talked before then, you know, I want you to ask me, like, have I spent every one of my weeks giving myself the permission to pause? And it's, this is my area of learning. This is, I'm sure so many people can relate because it's very difficult to give yourself that permission. It is. It so is. And we as women, yeah, for women, and it's true for all of us in my leadership teaching where you talk a lot about VUCA and VUCA is a term that they um, that's being thrown around a lot right now it's called volatility uncertainty um, chaos VUCA A I can't think of the A right now I'll come back mm -hmm. to it. VUCA V-U-C-A but it's basically that we are living in such a time of change and so much is changing so quickly right now with our technology and the speed that we don't have the consciousness really to be managing all of this. And in order to be in this flow and into, to be able to handle all the complexity that's going on around us right now, we have to um, up-level our awareness. We have to up-level our game on our side in our consciousness, I'm gonna use consciousness here, um, to be able to, to meet this level of complexity. Right? We have to raise our awareness. We have to raise our complexity in order to be in this new place. And we can't do that by doing it the old way still. By thinking we're superwomen, we can do everything. We have to have that permission to pause. We have to take that time for ourselves. We have to go inside and listen. You know, I don't get out of bed in the morning without journaling three longhand pages in my journal, reading wow. something, or and meditating. So my practice has gone from what used to be a half an hour sometimes up to an hour and a half. So it takes that level of commitment to myself. You know, I have to tell my son, I'm not going to come down and tell you goodbye every morning when you go to school, but I would love it if you'd yell up to me. Love you, mom. So every morning, my husband brings me a cup of coffee, puts it on my nightstand. My son goes out the door at 710 and yells, bye, mom, love you. And I create that space for myself. And not only are you creating it for yourself, but you're creating a space for your son to know that that's normal. Yeah. That's, I mean, that to me is absolutely incredible because, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not raising kids right now to think that it's normal to take any time for deep work or creative work. You know, there's, this is, that's a whole nother topic, but you are, I, I, I love that you're doing that. And, you know, it's, well, that's something that everybody could implement in their lives. If there's one small change. 10 minutes. Yeah. I don't, you know, you don't have to do an hour and a half like I do, but yeah. start with 10 minutes of just sitting and reflecting. The creative way, um, by, Byron, yeah, Cameron's work, the, the artist way, um, she is the one that talks about the morning pages. Mm. Uh, she's the one where I got turned on to that. And she just encourages three longhand pages of journaling before you get out of bed in the morning as a way to, to really tap into your creative uh, flow. So again, talking about the brain chemistry, that creative flow is the right brain processing that you tap into when you allow that time to journal in the morning. 
And that's doing that without phones on people. She's talking about keeping your phones off, not on your bedside, not scrolling social media, not checking email before you do that. It's, it's literally wake up and just be with yourself. And, and I started that Christy a little while ago. I don't always journal. Um, I'm trying to be better about that, but I do spend the first chunk of the time in my morning with myself. I usually turn on um, either a meditation or just some um, relaxation music and I meditate or I just take moments by myself. And I, I leave my phone aside for a certain chunk of time until I at least feel like I've thought about how I feel that day and what I, what I want to feel for the rest of the day. Because some days if they're super busy, I know I just need that. And I'm, you know, that's, so that's, that's the stage that I'm sort of at is to realizing that that, that makes my day so different. It's life changing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's mind blowing really. If, you miss, if I miss my morning practice, I it is such a significant different day than it could have been for me. So yeah, man. Hey, let me give you a, another um, thing coming up. Oprah and Deepak Chopra do a 21 day free meditation challenge. Okay. And if you just ask your listeners to Google it, it's a 21 day practice. So we know that it takes 21 days to get into a habit. Okay. Um, and I love that. So speaking of phones, right, you literally have your phone by your nightstand. It's starting at the end of the month. I want to say on the 30th, maybe. Um, you sign up for it. It's free. And every morning it drops in to eat your inbox. And literally you open the app and you do 20 minutes of a little bit of education and a 10 minute. Usually it's a mantra meditation. Mm. Really great way if people are not comfortable meditating, if they don't know how to do it, if they, right? That's a great way just to create a space. And if they want to develop a habit, if you can stage them to it for 21 days, I do it every single time. I love it. Amazing. I, you know what? I'll drop that in. Um, if people follow us on the Grit and Grace podcast Facebook page, I will drop that link um, when this is released inside that. So people can go directly to that. Super. Excellent. Yeah. That's, that's a great idea. Now tell me a little bit about the 15 week curriculum. Is this something that you have open to new clients? What is that all about? Yeah. Um, no, it's in progress. My okay. goal is to have it out um, completed to go online in January. Okay. Um, but it's looking at, um, I have a curriculum designer, so we're working on it and, and we're making good progress right now. Um, but it's based on this idea that we are, as I said earlier, that seed, mm -hmm. right? So I talk about, are you buried or are you planted? I don't know if you watched the video on my front page of my website where I talk about the tree and the wind and how we need the adversity of the wind to grow deep roots. Mm. And some people get buried when they're children and some people get planted. Mm. Um, and the bigger question is, are you thriving or surviving? You know, are you living in your joy? Are you living in your abundance? Are you living in your happiness? Are you being fulfilled? Or are you just surviving in the world? So that's where I started. And then we go through the roots. So I take people through the root causes of, um, common problems like the things that we get into um, and i overlay the behavior with the energetic work so some of the patterning um, in the root causes and we look at um, the feelings of what's below the surface of those roots so it's really a it's a complex course my my curriculum designer says i have a phd or a phd program like curriculum for a very so it's i'm trying to weed it down so i'm trying to say yeah. i get really excited about it and then yeah yeah. I'm so, excited yes, for I will keep you. Posted. And um, yeah, I'm very Excellent. excited about taking this work to the world. 
And I would love to, when that becomes available, um, what we might do, Christy, is hop back on. We can do another podcast and you can do a little snippet about it and include a link because I think that I think that you do so much good for people that I would love to share your message as much as possible. And um, I'm, I'm so thankful for you. This has been incredible. Thank you. This is great. Yeah. So let's tell people, before I ask my last question, let's tell people how they can find you. So your website is Christy Bells, and that's C-H-R-I-S-T-Y-B-E-L-Z.com. I will include that in the show notes. And again, if people want to find out more about the TEDx event, it is TEDx Cherry Creek on Facebook. Um, and is there any, any sort of last words of wisdom that you can provide to our listeners on how to get started. If you know that you're in this shift process, you know that you are seeking greater alignment, but you really don't know how to go about it. Or if you're floundering and just feel like we all know things are changing. And if, if people are not in tune with how to take that next step to really drill down into that, what's another simple tip for them? Oh gosh. You know what I'd love to do is give you a blessing. Um, okay. something I got last year that I absolutely love. It's called Cree's Blessing. Okay. It says, each and every day as you walk on this earth and dance in this world, you get to function from approval because upon your creation, you were already approved. You were made amazing and you are amazing. I you love that. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. I love that. I'm going to have to go listen to this show again just to hear that part again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't you. know if I have Chris Blessing on my website. I should put it on my website. because it's Yeah, just that would be great. Well, thank you so much. Um, so my final question for you is what percentage of grit and grace are you? Oh, wow. I've spent so much of my life gritting it out and I really do feel like I'm in a place of living much more grace, much more grace in my life. And percentage wise, I, you know, I have to get a 70, 30, probably, you know, 70% grace, 70% grace. Yeah. Oh, see, honestly, even just finishing this, um, you know, our discussion right now, I am probably, I have more grace in me than, than grit. Cause I probably sit 70% grit on a regular day, but just, just this right here, I, I feel 70% grace for sure. I'm, I'm so happy. Thank you so much, Christy. Um, people, she is the real deal. And if you are looking to um, go through or continue your evolution to be the best version of yourself, I highly, highly recommend you find her. You search her, find her website, you know, listen to, listen to this, you know, podcast or future podcast and read the information that she shares. And I will do my best to bring her back again, because you know that my goal is to really bring amazing women like Christy and her experiences to help all of us be the best version of ourselves. So my friends go be fierce and listen to us again. If you like the show, please make sure that you give us a comment or a like and follow us on all of our social media. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.